You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst Mr. case Elder scenario for here City for right more. here. And it stopped! Yes! And it stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh, Oliver! And Justin Oliver! will break the scoreless tie. And it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. Is Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, the goal! goal! It is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The People's Pitch, the first, the only, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. As always, I am your host, Nate Morales, joined by the Affleck to my Damon, it's City co-founder, John Bizworm. John, with the big game behind us, the big game, there's only one thing going on in the sports world, and that is Minneapolis City, am I right? I mean, in my world, yes. Um my my kids my kids soccer is done for the winter so there's that so yeah you're right the only thing is Minneapolis City and tonight is dedicated to Minneapolis City's first signing of the 2024 season it is a city vet that is sure to get people excited for the first time in almost seven years we've got Max Kent on the show to talk about what he's been doing since he moved out east uh, reminisce about the good old days and look with us into the future that will start in the 2024 season. Yes. Let's do this, John. Engage. Maximum kit. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. It has. I forgot about the van episode, but it was 201 did, episodes. Yeah, episode we did call 48. it. We did call it Maximum Kent. That was the the name of the episode. So yeah, yep. uh, I'll 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 let you nerd out a little bit on that one again. It's okay. That's a good one. Uh, it was it was 201 episodes, like you said, episode 48 to be exact, that tonight's guest first appeared on The People's Pitch. Max, you were a bright-eyed college freshman. You were enjoying your first year at McAllister College. And since then, you have found success in NCAA Division Three, Division One, and U.S. Lower League Soccer, earning NPSL All-Conference Awards in 2018. Max, you're back. You're living in the cities and you're back with the murder. I am incredibly excited to welcome you back to the show. It is Minneapolis City Defender, Max Kent. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. <clears throat> well, Max, I can say this. When we saw each other about two weeks ago at, at Winter Park at Futures Training and, and kind of locked eyes, it felt like we were in like a rom-com scene where we, we rushed <laughs> towards each other with like two smiles ear to ear arms wide open um was so happy to see you man and even happier that you're back with the murder yeah it was awesome no i mean it, it truly was like matthew mcconaughey circa 2008 um <laughs> except except you were like the the blonde girl in every one of the, his movies and and i was just uh falling head over heels for you Oh, you know, um, no, it was, I'll, made, I'll it was made in Manhattan all over again. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna go. With, what's the the one where he's like doesn't move out of his parents' house? 
Um, like how to uh, lose a guy and something. No, or what is it? Something like struggling to leave or some some movie like that. Wow. Um, but no, anyway, it was it was it was great to be back, and it was awesome to see uh, Biz. It was great to see um, you know Pribble and Matt and the whole gang, honestly, top to bottom. Uh, you know the the funny thing is. Uh, as as biz was alluding to i've been training with the future since moving back to minnesota and um you know while the players are all you know i feel like an old guy uh, <laughs> now uh seeing some of the older guys uh coaches and and staff just makes me you know feel just so at home and really really excited to be back so some quick stats before we dive into the the hard-hitting question that the people want to hear uh so you were part of two npsl north conference titles and 35 career appearances with the club, which puts you just below getting onto the website. So I think this season you'll be able to help uh, get yourself up there on the website in the in the uh, the career appearance category. But you have three goals and two assists, and those are some decent numbers for a center back at this level, Max. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll I'll be the first one to say that I don't uh, I don't put my hat on uh, scoring goals. It's not it's not what I would. Uh, say my strength is as a soccer player um but it, it's been it was an incredible run and and um you know after i finished I, I tied the boots up one last time at cuse um and left in uh 21 i thought to myself like it's a little sad that i'm finishing my soccer career uh not in minneapolis with with city and uh when when the time and the opportunity arose to come back to the city the cities for you know the spring and summer i thought you know i'm i'm in good shape i'm i've been training a lot you know doing a lot of running and doing staying keeping my mind fresh uh you know let's see if let's see if i still got it let's um you know pick back up where where i where i left off and so yeah super yeah. excited can't say I, hopefully there's more goals in store <laughs> this, year, this, this year um let's, let's I, I just try like to get one more just yeah, one more is good sneak one out yeah, one more is good Max, correct me if I'm wrong or if, I got my, if I've got my timeline wrong, but after the 2020 season was canceled due to COVID, you mentioned it, yeah. you went to Syracuse, you found yourself with an extra year of college eligibility, um, and you used yep. it to great effect. You appeared at Syracuse in 16 matches, you started 14 of them, you scored a goal in a 3-1 win over Virginia, you scored another and had an assist in a 5-2 win over Vermont. You helped lead the Orange to a two nothing shutout versus then number six Clemson. Um, what was that process like? Making the jump from McAllister, which, if I'm honest, is a fine but not flashy Division three program, um, all the way up to Division one and and like a super competitive environment in the in the ACC. Not many players can do that. Yeah. Not many players can do that, and for sure, not many slide into a starting role with that kind of success. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. And, um, you know, I frankly want to make sure that everyone kind of knows, like, the challenge that comes with it. So I, I got to Syracuse, like you said, right, like at the heart of COVID. So 2020 was the, the first fall I was at at Syracuse. And while COVID canceled most, like, most NCAA games, uh, some may know that the ACC continue to play a six game schedule in the fall and a six six game schedule in the spring. So we got 12 games uh, throughout the year. I appeared in zero of them. 
I didn't play a single minute. I didn't get to, I didn't get it. It wasn't even like, Oh, you know, he, he's right there on the edge. Like, you know, maybe coming in with 20 minutes left or, you know, finishing the game out. No, like there wasn't a, there wasn't even a hint that I was going to get on the field. Wow. And, and, and I was the oldest on the team, right? Like I was 22 in a group of guys who were 21 and below. And so it's a huge, I mean, massively uh, different environment. And, you know, I look back at that team actually that I, that I first was, you know, at Cuse with, you know, I, you know, there's guys like DeAndre Kerr who are starting at Toronto FC next to, you know, world-class players like Insigne. Um, you know, you got players like uh, Abdi Salim, Giorgio Koshevsky, Noah mm-hmm. Singleman, like basically our whole backline and midfield uh, uh, units winning a national championship the next year uh, and now playing, you know, pro, like in the MLS. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was, that was the level. And, and so the, it was only a, those numbers that number that you just said didn't come until I spent a whole year getting faster, stronger, more technical, you know, quicker on the quicker with everything in my game. And uh, you know, I just turned out a whole different player after a year of being in that environment. And so um, you know, nothing like I, I thought McAllister gave me a, an incredible amount in terms of soccer and education, but, uh, I have a new, I had a new appreciation for, you know, development and, and, uh, level, uh, when, when I got to Syracuse for sure. How, Am I safe to say Max that, Oh, sorry, Nate, go ahead. I was going to ask, how did you go ahead? You go ahead, John, because I think your question will lead into mine. Okay. Am I safe to <clears throat> Excuse me. Am I safe to say, Max, that that you know, on on top of what you you took away from your time at McAllister, that that Minneapolis City helped kind of maybe close that gap uh, between the competitive levels of a Division Three and Division One. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, right? Like, I think the um, there's a lot of, I mean, I think the level at City is incredible, and like the MPS at that point when we were playing the MPSL, like. You know, there was definitely very competitive games we had. There's also games where we rolled over teams pretty right. pretty handily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think actually what what the greatest development was for me was getting the chance to play with, you know, city, you know, legends, right? Guys like Steve, you know, Ian Smith and Max Stiegwert and Whitney and Martin Brown and, you know, playing next to guys who, who had played at high levels like Mark Height and, you know, uh, Matt Morkami and guys who were like going to push you day in day out. Um, and when you went to training, like you had to be, you know, turned on. Cause if you're not like, will kids mm-hmm. going to just like burn you and you're going to look dumb. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think at the end of the day, like, look, the guys who are, who are, I played with at Cuse, like, you know, that's a different level. Like no, there's right, nothing that right. city nor Mac can prepare you for when you're going up a guy against a guy who has a 40 inch vertical and Jeez. runs a four two 40 yard dash. Like, or, or yeah, guys that are in their, in like their, their country's like yeah, interna- I mean, international setup. Right. Like guys who came from Bayern Munich's Academy and, and Leicester city's Academy. Like it's really hard to come from Minneapolis United and be like, yeah, that's where right, I played yeah. club. Like, and, and so like, it's a little bit different. Like the level just is a little bit. And, and so it's humbling, but, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, it, I mean, it, I think guys like Eli Goldman guys uh, who are playing, you know, Herbert, all these guys who played at these high, high levels, you know, know that, you know, 
it's just it, you, you play against some of these unreal kids who play in the national teams who played you know overseas and so um i i do hope that like the message is clear is like look minnesota is getting better at soccer but we still have a ways to go to, to oh, really sure. start like competing with you know the rest of the country and the rest of the world did you find yourself doubting your abilities or did you find yourself getting down on yourself when you were riding the bench for you know the fall season the spring season and just being like man i thought i thought i made this team for a reason <laughs> uh absolutely like every day like every day um especially that first fall like i was just it was, it would, i would be lying if i didn't say i was just like you know a day closer to quitting um but then you know i actually after my first semester after six games of riding the pine and and never you know having an you know any any idea when i was going to play next um thought i was going to quit like i went home for 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 school and or from uh, winter vacation thought i was going to quit and I had a really great talk with, you know, my parents, both who played, you know, division one soccer, both who were really great athletes. And it was my mom who said, you know, just, just enjoy it. Right. Like it's like soccer is a gift and biz, you say this all the time, like soccer mm-hmm. is a gift. And the fact that like you're at this school, you know, in this environment, getting to play the game you love at a, such a high level is like a dream that most kids, you know, would kill for. Oh, for sure. And so, and so from there on out, like that second semester, I didn't even like expect to play. I just went in to like, enjoy it, work hard, like enjoy the game I loved. Cause you know, who knows, you know, what the rest of when I was going to stop. And, you know, it just ended up that that attitude just carried over, you know, kept me in, like got me excited for the next day. And so there was just that whole attitude shift of like, you know, it's a gift. None of nothing is given. And, you know, just the fact that you're having the opportunity to be in this environment is uh, a, privilege in itself nice yeah so you finally get i shouldn't say finally so year two of of grad school you break in um yeah what do you think changed uh you know well one it was just i think we had um the a change in personnel you know we had guys who were coming going we had a big injury to, uh, to abdi salim who at the time you know, was just a standout player. I mean, he came in from uh, transfer from Buffalo, uh, University of Buffalo, um, who now is playing at Orlando. He tore his ACL going into that year. And so, you know, they were like, we got we to gotta put somebody in there. And so let's put the, the veteran guy who's been here for a year. Uh, knows our system. Let's just put the guy from Minnesota in. What's yeah, what's like, happen? And, <laughs> and I always say this, like, Mac, Ian McIntyre is, is – you know, has a really distinct coaching style where like it's high pressing, high flying, like attacking style and, you know, center, but like, you know, in his system, like you'll see, you know, one of the three center backs kind of making these big runs forward or, or bring the ball like pretty high and playing pretty high up the field. And he gave, you know, all the center backs pretty good Liberty to like play with the ball and go forward, except the guy from Minnesota, um, the big lumberjack in the back. And so, um, my role is very much just just do your job of like not losing the ball, winning headers, and just talking. Um, and yeah, so I mean, look, I wasn't a flat like my I, my role there was not to be the guy, right? Yeah. Like my goal, my role was to be just a you know be a role player, lead, direct, um, and just be a you know a role model for for the younger guys. I mean, at that point, I was twenty 
23 or 22, right? 23. There's kids coming in who are 18, 17 at even. Um, and so there's five years, six years of difference between me and the next, you know, some of my teammates. And that's a massive, that's a massive responsibility in the locker room as well as on the field to, to manage that type of team environment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I was just trying to make sure that goals weren't scored on me. And, you know, at times I did my job well, and sometimes, you know, there was mistakes and that's just the game of soccer and you just kind of keep rolling with the punches. But, um, yeah, it, it was a great experience and, um, you know, it, it took way more out of me mentally, uh, than, than McAllister at times because, you know, my life was 80% soccer and 20% school. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's what kind of said, you know, after the fact, I was like, you know what, it's time to lace the boots up one last time and, you know, give it a rest and move to DC and try the running thing and did that for two years and said, you know what, all right, I've had my good hiatus and let's, let's get back to it. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's where we are. That's the, that's the Syracuse bit, I think, basically. So fill us in a little bit. You, you mentioned moving to DC. You mentioned uh, becoming an a- an avid runner. What what have you been doing since you left the nest? You know, what did you graduate? What what did yeah. graduate school lead to? You know, I, I, are you calling mom and dad's house home right now, or are you yeah. you are you yeah. in your own your own spot? Like fill us yeah. in there before we start to dive into some more Minneapolis yeah. city stuff. For sure. Yeah. So um, I went to Syracuse to get a master's in public administration. Um, they have a great public administration program there, kind of similar to what some may know is like the Humphrey School at the University of Minnesota. Um, it, just a, a really great program and finished there and immediately went to D.C. to work, you know, in consulting, which is a fancy way of saying just doing a job, doing jobs for other companies um, in in their quantitative economics uh team and and so i moved to dc uh in in the spring of 22 and and uh yeah from i i just kind of landed there found some had some friends from earlier walks of life at McAllister who introduced me to this track club called northeast track club and just kind of fully dived into uh that culture and you know they you know, and actually it's like hilarious that I'm even talking about this because when I found them, right, like it was the most like city-esque type of running club I could have found <laughs> because I felt like everything they were doing was like what city felt like in those early days where a little bit of bootstrap, a little bit of like, you know, we're kind of just like, we're trying to figure this out like as we go. And, you know, we're embracing, like their whole slogan was like embrace chaos. And, you know, they, they managed every week uh, to actually tonight's one of their track Tuesdays, our big track Tuesday event, you know, managed to get 300, 400 people to, to do a track workout on a four lane track, um, which when you look at the, you know, videos of us doing it, it's just kind of surreal. Um, and so, yeah, like got into, made a lot of friends there and, you know, my life kind of just revolved around running. And, uh, later on, I, I met a, a group of people at this local gym who were like, you should, you should get into you know, coaching strength and conditioning. Cause I was pretty big into that as well. So I got, you know, my coaching license and, uh, you know, got into strength and conditioning, coaching, doing like group classes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So my life in DC was, you know, working a lot, uh, running a lot, coaching a lot. Uh, my, my current girlfriend in DC and yeah, like everything, you know, really was great. And eventually my girlfriend, you know, kind of was like, Hey, you know, I, I think I want to go to grad school. And I was like, oh, that might be a good, good uh, reason to go back home for a little bit, reconnect with family. And, and then before, before making a decision of like maybe where to go next. Yeah. So that's what leads me uh, back to Minnesota. Um, and at the moment, yeah, I'm living with, living with the parents uh, back in Minneapolis. And yeah, I can't really complain. It's, you know, as much as I never envisioned myself living with my parents at 25, it's, it's a pretty good, it's really nice to be back with family after, you know, three, mm -hmm. four years of being in, on the East coast. Um, you know, it's as much as it feels easier and easier these days with technology to stay connected. It's not the same as being, you know, you know, in the same proximity as, the people you love so yeah i'll be here i'll be here you know through the summer and um and then who knows what's next all right well we've got you for one more summer that's that's got that's gonna have to be enough for some people maybe <laughs> most guys max when they've been away, they've been away from playing the game every day i know this i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but <laughs> but most guys when they've been away from from playing the game at at, at a high level uh they come back and they they figure out they've kind of lost a step, and we've seen it mm -hmm. from a few players. Although when you think back to the NPSL days, even guys who John and I announced as as signings that we thought they'd be great at the NPSL level, and they just hadn't kept mm -hmm. sharp. You know, they mm -hmm. just couldn't. I mean, they couldn't keep up even even then. So besides yeah. the obvious fact that you're a superhuman miracle of nature, and that you've been doing nothing in DC except. Uh, consulting and running and, and, and building and your body, <laughs> screaming at people while, while they lift weights. Soccer is different. How do you jump back in to soccer? Yeah. Like you did coming from, yeah, no. coming from that to straight, pretty much straight into Carl Craig's team. Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, well, and look, it's, it's never easy. Right. And, and um, you know, I'm not taking, I'm not going to be the one to say that, it's just going to come back naturally and that you, you find your touch because you're right. Like it's not something that just, you know, you, you get back on the field and it's there. You know, it requires a lot of work. And, you know, I've been working, you know, since kind of I, I started this journey back into, into the squad, um, you know, earlier in the fall to like really get sharp and, um, you know, just training every day, um, getting lots of touches. Uh, while I was in DC, I was, I was playing on, you know, kind of like what we would, what we would, you know, uh, be the equivalent of like, you know, our division one MASL league here in, in Minnesota with a bunch of guys from, you know, local division one teams there um, and, and just kind of staying around the game and have no, you know, the, the attitude I come in with at, at this um, stage of my career is nothing is given, right? I'm not, you know, I'm not here to expect to be given the same amount of clout as I had as a player um, a few years ago and expect to have to fight for my position, you know, week in and week out and, um, you know, lead by example in that way. And so, you know, if I don't have it the first week, you know, you bet your ass that I'll, you know, work my way to make sure that I, you know, I'm in a position to, to prove that that's, you know, uh, that I should be playing or, or that I should be contributing and helping the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's a good question, but it is, um, I, I do think that, 
there's there is an, an ounce in there of you know you kind of you, know, you kind of never lose it all right but it's kind of like randall it's kind of randall randall cunningham-esque right like last week he was tiling floors and now he's back <laughs> throwing it up to randy moss you might be too young for that you know i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> Can't, I cannot tell you what you just said. I can't. Even, I cannot. I have no idea what that. Who? I have no idea. What, what about Kurt Warner? You know his that. story? No. Damn. Anyway, Nate, just good. move on, dude. Uh-huh. What I what I think of it is like Roger Federer. Right? Okay. Like Roger Federer didn't get didn't get like really into tennis until like he was sixteen, and then he won like his first Grand Slam at the age of like 20, 20, 20 or something. Like it was like a few years and so like i think if i had been sitting on the couch for the last few years since playing and and i wasn't in great shape and whatnot it'd be a different story but um let's just say i'll still i'll take on anyone in the beep test right now Um, (laughs) and and that's that i can prove that i can i can tell you i'm pretty confident in nice have you talked with coach Craig about your role this year and what he's hoping to see from you. Cause I can say like one of the things last year that was clear was that we were frequently outsized. I think every club had at least one bruiser that really caused havoc on set pieces or, yeah. um, you know, a big, a big striker that was able to to break the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I have, I haven't had the, the pleasure of uh, talking with coach Craig yet. Um, you know, I look, I really look forward to working with him. He has an awesome reputation and an awesome, you know, a lot of experience. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly the, one of the, one of the roles that I hope to, to play. You know, I think the, I really think I'll be leaning on the experiences I, I took away from that last year at Syracuse to help lead this team. And I, and I say that meaning just what I said at the, you know, kind of outset of what my role was, and that is, you know, direct, uh, you know, win, win balls, you know, be the one to, you know, organize the defense um, and, you know, let us play, like be the first, you know, start of attack um, and, and help, you know, make things happen um, in front of us rather than behind us. So um, yeah, no, I'm look, I'm, I'm looking to learn as much as, as much as help lead um, this year. And, and so you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my mind open and fresh to, to how he wants to, to structure his team, but yeah, lead from, from the back and, and, you know, make sure that we're not conceding as much as possible and, you know, winning some, like John said, trying to pump those uh, numbers up on goals this year would be pretty, pretty <laughs> like said, just, just one, one sounds good. Just um, one. So, so we, you know, obviously we, uh, before, before this news broke, most people thought that the Kent torch had been passed to your brother, Nick with his stellar performances with the futures team over the course of the last two seasons. He's about the same age you were maybe a little bit older when, uh, when we were way back when you first joined us uh, via an open trial. Um, Mm -hmm. He, he did have the luxury of coming through the futures program. Have you been following his trajectory and how did it, how did it feel over Christmas during the holiday um, (laughs) camp for you guys to line up with him and then maybe that potential prospect of, of you wearing the city badge together in like a meaningful match this summer. Yeah, no. And look, I think, I think he's developing incredibly well. Um, you know, when I saw him in the, in the fall, the first thing I looked at is, damn, you're tall. <laughs> um, 
And, uh, you know, I, I look, I think, like I said, we're kind of cut from different cloths. And I think we we play, we have some similarities and we have some differences. And I think we can both learn from, from each other and how to, to, how to improve as players. Um, you know, I think he possesses some kind of God-given traits that, that I won't be able to replicate. And I think similarly, <laughs> like, I think I probably have, uh, you know, traits and, and a person, you know, personality that's slightly different than his um, that will benefit, you know, the team in a, in a different way as well. And so um, I, my, I mean, if I would be lying, if, if I didn't say that one of the main, one of the big drivers for me to, to pursue this, you know, very early on, really at the beginning of last summer was to play with him. Um, you know, he has really developed into not only a, a really good soccer player at this age, but, you know, developing into a, an exceptional young man and, you know, want to do everything I can in, in this, you know, at this age to, to start building that relationship with him as a teammate. Um, because, you know, basically our entire lives, we've, I've just been beating up on him. Well, that's um, actually going to be my next question. Have you ever yeah. played with him before other than like no. pounding on him in the backyard? <laughs> no, no, it was, this is like the first, the first time that we will be like teammates, um, which is a pretty surreal like feeling. Um, I, like, and it was an opportunity that I really just couldn't say no to. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you'll be the, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm not going to foreshadow into the future signings of the of our general manager, uh, but um, if 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 all the stars continue to align, you'll be the third set of brothers or um, that have have played together in the club. You can say like maybe fourth if you if you count uh, Nick Nick Hutton and uh, and Mick Hutton, <laughs> um, but yeah. that was more the COVID year when uh, when yeah. when his brother brother joined. But yeah, that's that's something to be excited excited about, and I think yeah. for the club in general. Like there's not, a, I honestly, I don't think that there maybe is any other club at this level in the country that can say that, that in the history of their club, they've had four sets of brothers play together. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and look, like, I think it, it goes back to like maybe a more fundamental piece to, to why I wanted to come back to city. And that is, you know, I do care not, you know, about the mission of this, of this club and, and what it's, what it always was from the outset was, you know, player development and player development and player development. And, and even though that meant a lot of focus on what you're doing on the field, I actually felt like what we ended up getting was lessons about what you do off the field, mm -hmm. um, even more so. And, and that comes in the form of like friendships and, you know, professionalism and, you know, <laughs> And championships, yeah, and uh, all the ships, trophies, and and um, and so like I, I saw this as like an opportunity to be like, look, like I get to be I get to be around my brother at this like incredible moment of our lives where like you know rather than just skipping over like our twenties and just moving on to like the point where we're forty and like reminiscing on the past, we can actually like talk like start making like the stories up what that we're going to talk about later on in life together. Ooh, and, yeah. um, and it's just going to be really cool. I, it'll just be a really cool time to, to be around each other and, and to push each other and, to, you know, banter at each other. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it'll be, I'm just, I'm stoked for that opportunity. 
That's great. No ha- no halftime swirlies if he doesn't perform next to you, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll just pants him as he walks out. <laughs> In front of like 2,000 just, people. Holding hands yeah. with a child. Yeah. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Max, I took a listen to your episode. It was number 48 way back in 2017 is right when you first joined the club. And I got a little, <laughs> I got a little, it was funny. Cause like you were talking about all the, all the stuff, like having just joined and getting to know like, wow, the supporters actually are care, but they're also very weird. And like, there was a big social media following. And I thought that was really funny to hear about, but I, I got a little emotional hearing you talking about growing up playing with, or against guys like like Goose or or Steve and and how you just wanted to learn from older guys like Ben Wexler or Brian Coleman, Charlie Adams, Aaron Olson. Those are guys that you just kind of called out in in the course of the episode. And now you are coming into that role as the guy who has been there. You've played at a high level, but I'll tell you the well I'm sure you're finding the environment is a little different like this team is full of guys that played on D1 as opposed to back then. There were like so many more doe-eyed college freshmen or even high school seniors. Like what has your approach been so far in some of these like winter trials and trainings in terms of getting back in the saddle and like reintegrating with other experienced players? Do you feel like the veteran that you are or is it almost back to rookie mode? Um, no, I mean, it's definitely not rookie mode. Um, like I, I think, look, like the, the attitude I've been bringing to this is, um, you know, kind of where I left off at Syracuse. Uh, you know, I took a lot away from the group that I got to play at Syracuse and, you know, like that same group that I, that I left went on to win a national championship and, and it was because of the attitude that they had. Um, as they, that they approached the game with uh, and that they approached life with that, that got them there. Um, you know, didn't also help that they, you know, did some pretty nifty uh, recruiting of some, you know, premier league level players, but um, you know, what I'm going in with this season is being like, look, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm approaching every session, every game, every, you know, involvement with this club, you know, as a professional. And as, you know, as if it's, you know, Champions League final, right? And that was the lesson that you learned from the guys who played at a very high level, whether it was Brian Coleman, whether it was Goose, whether it was Ian, um, you know, whether it was uh, guys who had, you know, national team experience like Martin Martin and... Uh, you know, or even guys like Ba, who, who, you know, kind of project a very chill attitude, but at the end of the day, right, get after it. Yeah. Um, the, the culture has to remain the same, right? Regardless of the talent, like the, the level um, and where people play and the fact that we have, you know, uh, more Division One players, to me, it just says that we have to work that much harder to prove that, that we're worth coming to watch. Um, you know, it, it, <laughs> To some degree, the the club that I was part of in at City during those three years, it was you know wow like we get to go watch City like yeah 
no, no more. Like that's not the culture, right? Like we got to prove that it's worth coming to watch us every single time that we step out on the pitch. And, and we got to show like, I mean, people pay good, like good money to like watch our semi-professional club yeah. play at, at Augsburg stadium. Um, and, and that's, that's not like a, you know, it's not like we got like fancy, we got bleachers. Um, so let's make it like, <laughs> let's make it worthwhile for them to come and like have their kids watch and watch that have their family come watch um, and, and show that we care. Right. And that we like, will fight and fight and fight, um, you know, for, for the supporters. So I want to um, put a, I want to, I want to quick interrupt you and put a pin in that cultural point because we're going to, I want to talk about that more in a second, but what I want to come back to really quickly is just your, I don't know if any of these other guys, and this is just me. I'm going to, I'm going to pump you up a little bit here. I don't know if any of these other guys have sat <laughs> on the bench at a high level program. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? And just been like, you know what, this is what I'm going to have to do every day. And this is how yeah. I'm going to get through it. And then, and then you're rewarded by it. Right. Like, so there is, there is a level of experience that I don't think anybody had or has had in the history of the club that you're bringing to this team at this moment. When you talk about, you know, how do you talk to a guy like Griffin Gierci or, or Carson Pino or some of these guys that are, they're playing D one, but there's, they were starters as a freshman, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Sazinski yeah. starters as a freshman getting minutes, right. It's, it's really, it's like, what do you do when you struggle that really creates the, the, that really helps create the culture of the team. Or, mm-hmm. or there's guys that, uh, that struggle to play and sit the bench at lower level division one schools. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some mm-hmm. of those as well. And, yeah. we, you know, we, and, and it's not because they're bad players. And, you know, some may say that some of the players that we bring in might not make other USL two rosters. And that may be true because we're selecting only local. So there is a lot of adversity that, that some of these guys are probably probably don't know about but also some adversity that they're also going through. And this is their opportunity to play. Yeah. I just love that being able to like impart that wisdom on some of these younger guys. So leading into that, you were a huge part of, you know, we talked about before and and you you started to get into this. So I wanted to to quickly move this question up our, uh, our, our show sheet here. So you were a huge part of like, really our most successful teams in club history, multiple league titles in the MPSL shared some really big moments with us as we grew what we are into today. Um, Recently, Nate and I have talked about that. We've seen the club, the club's top team kind of hit the skids, not only from a performance perspective, joining the USL two, where we, we saw winnings a lot harder to do. Like you just can't roll a good, a good team out there anymore because every team's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But part of, part of that has been, what some players have told us is a lack of focusing on playing for the club and not yourself. Mm-hmm. Can, and you started to get into that. Can you talk a little bit more about the brotherhood that you were a part of during your first pass with the club? And then what, and then you, again, you started to get into it, but what are you passing along from a message perspective? Um, not, not just like what it means to play for city um, for the fans, but what the expectations are as a player um, beyond yeah. doing it for the fans. Um, because, basically there's a void of any of your old teammates in that locker room that know what it was like when we were building this for what they have now, as far as yeah. a, a platform. Yeah. Well, look, we got work to do. Like it, it's not just going to come from one message that, that one guy says um, it, it comes from 
you know, being part of the community and, and seeing the community. I think one, if I, if I just draw, you know, if I just think about the team that was, was, you know, those teams that won trophies and that, you know, kind of cemented city as this, this club that we think of it, you know, think of it now, you know, most of the guys played local college soccer, right? They played at Gustavus, they played at, you know, Superior, they played, you know, Matt Elder, Superior, Murakami at Gustavus, like you could, Olaf, Mack, uh, Carlton, like, you know, guys Saint Th- were Division three St. Thomas, Thomas, right? Division three St. Thomas, Augsburg, like guys lived and breathed the Twin Cities and in their most formidable years as young men. So there was all the motivation in the world to fight for the city. They knew what the city was about. They knew what the, the people in the city were about. You know, kids who are from the Twin Cities and then leave for college and don't do the growing up and the maturing in the in Minnesota, but instead in Milwaukee or in New Hampshire or in, you know, where what other Indiana or whatever other city, you know, college town they, they go to, you know, you lose a little bit of that that identity. And so to some degree we got our work cut out for us to show that like, you know, to to reignite the identity with the city and with with the fan base. And so you know, I know that one thing I'm focused on with, you know, hopefully the, the support from the club and with, um, you know, leadership is to say, like, let's get these guys back out into the city and know what they're fighting for. Um, you know, get them walking up and down the streets of, of Minneapolis um, and and talk to supporters and talk to people who, you know, are coming to our games. Go talk to Gunner over at Twin Cities Barber Co. and get a, get a, get a cut from him and and understand why he likes the club and start to understand why he pays mm. to, to, to have his barbers come to the games before to give people, get people lined up. Like these little things that, that, you know, we, we didn't take for granted um, before, you know, go talk to Sarah Schreier who works her tail off while also working at McKinsey uh, and, and be like, how the hell do you do all this? Right. Like mm-hmm. how, how the hell are you doing all this? Um, that I think cements a different place in someone's heart when they're playing the game. It's not because somebody like myself is, is yelling at them and saying, you know, protect the badge or, you know, uh, play for the badge. Like that, that doesn't work. You gotta show, you gotta like help them understand why we love this, this team. We are, why we love this club and why we love the people who, who support us. Is that a, is that a Max Kent original or did you pick that philosophy <laughs> up from, uh, from McAllister or Syracuse or another place that you've played? <laughs> that would probably be more of a, a McAllister um, piece, but but I think it's also just like, you know, Minneapolis, right? Like Minneapolis has a lot of rich history in, in, in you know, who we, in our, you know, in identity. And, you know, we've, we've had some really tough years as of late in terms of, you know, coming to grips with, you know, social justice and, um, you know, the landscape post COVID and uh, even before, you know, both of those events, you know, how we positioned ourselves in the world as this kind of niche up and coming city is something that we've always been proud of. And I mean, it was something I was proud of when I said I was playing for Minneapolis United as a kid and Minneapolis city, you know, as a, as a college player um, is saying like, this is a really cool city and there's a lot going on. And, 
you know, it might not be LA and it might not be New York. It might not be Miami, but for the upper Midwest, it's pretty awesome. And the people here are really the gem. Um, and when you find that, like you have a good, like you're, you're wearing the badge of the people that, that are good, man, it's like that much easier to, to work hard. Um, and, and kind of give your everything. So, um, look, I think it, it, I don't know where it comes from, but I can tell you that the first time I was, you know, I've I ever played for city. I mean, I don't even think I started, I think I was on the bench, but, um, you know, we, we were at, at Augsburg at Eder Nelson and I saw those fans roll up. And again, like the, we had some good crowds in McAllister, but not nearly the rowdiness of, of city games. Um, and I saw people like really showing up and chanting the whole time and wearing cat masks and crow masks and pounding on drums. <laughs> like I was like, this is exactly the, this is quintessentially like the environment that I want to be a part of and like the people that I want supporting me and, and the team that I'm a part of. So look, I think it's, it's, trying to relay to, to these young men that like, this is an incredible opportunity, not only to be playing at a high level, but to really be like, you know, asking questions, developing as a young man, like, you know, trying to be part of something bigger than yourself uh, yeah. because there's, there's more people in this community than, than you really can understand that are, are ready to help and want to, to help, you know, shape you and help, you know, you know, support you. Dang, dude, do you need a job in public relations and messaging? Because <laughs> Dan has a very low-paying one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some might say that was so. That was so well said. I don't want to so, trivialize it. That was that was just so well said. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'm a transplant. Obviously, it's well documented that I'm not from here. But I had every opportunity. I've had I've had multiple opportunities, obviously, to go back to where I am from which is in, in, in Southeastern Wisconsin, which the Milwaukee area, I feel is a lot like Minnesota where it's very unique. It's, it's the people that make it. Um, but living here and starting this whole thing with, with Dan and Nick and then seeing where it's gone and all the stuff we've done with Stegmans and um, you're hundred percent right. Like it's, there's way more to it than I actually thought that mm -hmm. for people to be engaged with, you know, I yeah. still, I mean, I, I still don't understand the the support that we have um, when yeah. there's so many other things out there that people could be doing, especially in the summer months in Minnesota. Like, yeah. I, I understand that we we struck a chord with people that are hyper focused on local, which mm -hmm. was not like a, a sell tactic. It was yeah. it was a it was a, a platform to say like Minnesota soccer is not a fly. It's not a flyover state for people from Illinois trying to go to uh, uh, you know, a different state where there's better soccer, like there's good soccer yeah. here. So give it the platform. Um, you mentioned it you know, before it might not be where it, where other places are, but it, it's getting there. Um, but I didn't understand like once we built it, like that there people would actually care. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, and then you get people like, like, you know, like Paul from, from the citizens and like, he comes and check he and his wife come and check people in at our open trials mm -hmm. you know like they don't have to do that like that's the stuff that i used to do um yeah. and i still would do if we didn't have anybody else but it's like you know it's just people putting in their volunteer hours and yeah i think you're 100 percent right and, and trying to find a message to deliver to 
a young group of guys who are just like, whatever, this is my summer soccer team mm-hmm. I'm going to play on. And I'm playing for a, you know, a former pro head coach. Um, you know, I'm close to home. It's, it's comfortable. Um, I think yeah. you're right, Max. I think that that's the message that a lot of these guys need to hear is that it goes beyond soccer and whether you believe yeah. it or not, it's true and it's happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, you know, one thing that I think made me that much more excited about this opportunity is, is to say like, look, as much as, as much as, uh, you know, we may, <laughs> as much as the narrative around the younger generations kind of is, you know, you know, look at them, like they kind of, they're, they're, they're kind of think everything's going to be put in their, put in their lap and, you know, fed with a silver spoon. Like at the same time, like, there's a lot of great thing. There's a lot of good things that could come from, you know, a different perspective. Right. And mm-hmm. I think I'm excited for there be kind of a fusion between, you know, what our old, you know, what, are, what we hold as um, truisms and, you know, uh, values at the club uh, that won't change regardless of who's in there with some of the new kind of attitudes of the younger generation. Right. Like we might find that like, younger guys are just way, I mean, they probably are, they're probably way better at social media than all yeah. the guys that were, that I played with in 2018. And it unlocks, <laughs> you know, we could have the Taylor Swift effect of, of the USL <laughs> too. And like, all of a sudden we have like, just a put like somebody on the team who's like super pop, super good at social media and just blows up our, um, blows up our social media. And all of a sudden we're like the Savannah ba- banana slugs or whatever the, you know, I don't know if you guys know them, like the baseball yeah, team. Yeah, the baseball who's team. Like, mm-hmm. It's just like massive on social media. And all of a sudden we have like a whole different, you know, our, our fan base is like, you know, all of a sudden a little bit different. Like we got, we got, you know, a different generation or different, um, you know, people, different types of people checking mm-hmm. us out. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like it is recognizing that like, well, all that, that kind of new, uh, everything that's new is, is good to like test and see and, whether it's um, a net positive, it's really important to to get in touch with what makes this club, you know, city. Like, what makes it uh, its its best self, and what what are the values that we carry forward, regardless of who's um, you know takes up positions. Sure. Um, and and hopefully, I can be a good steward of those of those values and and of the mission at large. Um, well, Max, I'd line up to buy a ticket from you. So <laughs> you, got, you, you got one follower. Max, we yeah. spoke. You spoke really. You know, we kind of dodged in or dove in and out of this idea of like the talent level here. Mm-hmm. Not quite there yet. You've seen it. You know, at, at Syracuse, what talent really looks like developed in other parts of the country. But you were the first player. After you know, of course, after the first year when everyone did it but you were the first player to to make the team from an open trial mm-hmm. just cold showing up this guy's good enough let's do it how does the talent at the winter camps that you've been to measure up to those first year trials because i know you were here yeah. on christmas yeah. i saw you on the social medias i, saw, yeah. I was like oh who's that back there max kent interesting yeah. <laughs> um but there's a lot of other talents that are of, of guys that are trying to make this team or interested in becoming a part of Minneapolis city. How does, how does that talent measure up to, to some of the people you went up against in your first year? And what do you think that's a product of? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no question it's better, right? I think it's a product of both the level in Minnesota getting better. 
I also think it's it's just the the product of city attracting better players and getting a better notoriety around the, the state. Um, and, you know, I think we can safely say that, you know, Minnesota is getting greater notoriety across the country. Of course, maybe not the same clip as other places, but, you know, as much as we loved, as much as I like to, you know, shit on Minnesota United, like the next person, um, you know, having an, an MLS team here has definitely changed the landscape. Um, and, you know, I think it attracts, a, you know, a different pedigree of player and, and gets p- kids playing earlier uh, than, than we, you know, when I was growing up, like having Minnesota Thunder was great, but, you know, it didn't ever force you as a young kid to start having them ask the question, like, you're good, maybe good enough to play academy. Mm-hmm. Should you continue playing basketball, running track and hockey. playing soccer? Right. Hockey, right? Like, like all these. What so, are you, yeah, exactly. So like, you know, I'm the first one to argue for like, produce, you know, raising your kids to, to play multiple sports and like be, you know, multi-sport athletes and have a lot of different, you know, experiences and teams and whatnot. Uh, now that doesn't also mean that if you're just a gifted soccer player, or you're a gifted basketball player, you shouldn't like, you know, take every opportunity to, you know, excel in that sport. You're not talking um, to Joe Maurer. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking to Joe Maurer. Like, you know who he that, is, right? He, that name rings a bell. <laughs> uh, rings He's a bell. no Randall Cunningham. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joe Maurer probably would have been a better quarterback than Randall Cunningham. Anyway, yeah. sorry to interrupt you. Um, you were on a roll. No, no, no. And, and um, like, look, I think the, the city, the city guys that were there in the winter, uh, during the winter trials were great. And, um, you know, yeah, it's just outstanding how good some of the, the future players are and the guys who are currently in, in college. And, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to see the Mayak, um, you know, continuing to, to improve. And, you know, for example, the, the Olaf, uh, the Oles winning it this year with uh, Justin at the helm was, was super exciting to see. And, you know, just the rest of Minnesota soccer really thriving um, has just been an awesome thing to follow as, as I've been on the East coast. Well, Max, thank you so much. I, I can't tell you how happy and excited I am to have you back taking your rightful place as the towering fortress that holds the back line <laughs> together for Minneapolis city. I'm sure we're going to talk more over the course of the spring and summer, but until then I just need you to stay healthy and get ready to head some goals home, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Love it. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. All right. Looking forward to everything. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Max. We'll, uh, maybe I'll see, uh, see a training on Friday. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks <laughs> guys. Right. Well, yeah. Thank take you. it easy. Cheers. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. Thank you to our wonderful show sponsor, footballstadiumprints.com. Our friends at footballstadiumprints.com are always expanding their soccer-focused T-shirt designs, prints, and more. Don't forget to use the code CROWS10. That's CROWS10 for 10% off everything you purchase. And remember, all U.S. all U.S. orders ship right from the United States, so there is no pesky international shipping charges. As a reminder, <clears throat> excuse me, Minneapolis City is a 501c3, so you can feel good that your membership doubles as a charity charitable donation to a club that does good. Members Memberships for the 2024 season are on sale now. Make sure you cement your seat in the stands and get some sweet swag, all for a price that destroys other clubs' price of entry. 
and it might be going up soon. So act fast. Head on over to MPLSCDSC.com and get yours today, tomorrow, as soon as you hear this. Remember, you can always <laughs> find us on Twitter X at the People's Pitch, or you can even email us if you have any questions or topics you want covered on the show. We haven't had any of those in a while. Podcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can also connect with the club on Twitter X at MPLSCDSC. <laughs> sounds more metal. Twitter X. <laughs> that is all for this week's show folks i am john that of course was a lot of max kent and of course my show my my show co-host the nate morales more early player announcements are around the corner and we are ramping up to inject more sweet sweet preseason news and interviews directly into your veins so get involved buy those tickets and don't forget you got it